Um, shall we pray shortly? Father Lord, we have in front of us an example of a man who had real heart concern for a church that he never visited. Father, we pray that we will not only this evening be filled with head knowledge about this church in Colossae, but we will learn from it and from learning from it that we may obey you in the words that you will teach us this evening. And all this for your glory, in Christ's name, amen. I have titled uh, the sermon this evening, A Praying Church. Um, we find ourselves in this church called Colossae. And of course, um, like any other of Paul's letters, he starts, um, we, we, we are given the opening greeting. Um, and... I want to take us through a background of uh, this church called uh, the, the Colossian Church or the church in Colossae. Mostly, unlike today, churches were, were named by location. Church in Donholm, church in Umoja, church in Colossae. So it's the Colossian Church. And apparently, this is one church that Paul never set foot. So everything we are going to hear Paul say to this church is to a church that the all, all information that he has is brought to him by somebody else. So keenly, uh, let's walk together and see um, when we say we are a praying church or when we are called to pray. What is it that we should take into consideration as we learn from Paul? Now, Colossae is a, um, is a cosmopolitan city um, with some very serious economic activities going on and therein were found some diaspora Jews who had come but also, uh, as we know, it was a Gentile town. And the ministry in, Coloss uh, in the Church of Colossians is not, not, not to the Jews, really, but to the Gentiles. We find a gentleman there called Epaphras, who is going to be discussed in uh, like two portions at the beginning and uh, at the end in, in chapter 4 of Colossians. And probably this is the brother... Uh, who took the gospel to these people because we find that Paul never, never went to, 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 to this church. And where is Paul? Paul is in chains. So think about this. Put yourself in this setting where Paul is um, writing a letter to a church he never visited from information he majorly has gathered from 
this brother called Epaphras or Epaphroditus. I hope soon we'll see boys named after this brother um, in this church. And we, we will learn something that is so special uh, in the way Paul handles the letter to this church. Um, he starts us off by telling us who he, who he is. These days when you're, when, you're writing, when you're writing letters, the emails start with dear whoever. And then at the end, that's when you identify yourself. We are a little concerned with who is writing to us. And even furthermore, whose authority is this person who is writing? Uh, whose authority is he, uh, is he writing with? But I, I envy these times when, uh, when they used to identify themselves and say whose authority they are writing with. And so Paul does not uh, do anything different with these letters. It is with most of his letters. So he starts by saying, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God. Quite a lot of things packed in just those statements. So he's saying he, he is an apostle. He, he, um, he is he's sent out by Christ himself. His authority is of Christ. And not only that, he is there, he is doing whatever he's going to do in the whole of this letter, in the whole of this writing, by the will of God. Preachers, we've had many, many, many sermons out there where um, preachers want to take the accolades of the sermons and want to um, want to be known to be the ones, almost like they are the ones who are the author of the message. Paul teaches us differently. He identifies that the message that he has, as we were told this morning, it is from God. It is by the will of God. If you want to argue with the message, Paul is just a messenger. If you want to reject the message, Paul is just the messenger. He, you will be rejecting the message of the Most High God. So by the will of God, Paul comes to us. And we've been seeing providence after providence. This is a church that has been planted. Uh, of course, probably Paul was, was, was involved because probably Epaphras had the gospel from Paul and went and planted this church. And so, because... It's not his own work. His ministry has been full of providence after providence. And one of these is this gentleman called Epaphras. And I've already talked about uh, his conversion. So, now, Epaphras as well is seen later. He's not only delivering a message from a church. He's not just bringing information to Paul as though to, to be a reporting uh, brother. We see uh, later that he is actually struggling in prayer for, for, for this church. We see him, uh, we, we find him praying that the, the church in Colossae may stand, that they may be fully mature, that they may be fully assured of their faith in God, 
Those are some of the things we find Epaphras praying. And, and Paul uses the word that he struggles in prayer for the church in Colossians. So at the end, this is what we find Epaphras doing. At the beginning, we find Paul telling us about uh, a matter of prayer in, uh, for the church of Colossians. So basically, that's the background of uh, what, what we will we'll see in front of us uh, from verse 1 to 12. Now, so these are the things I want us to look at when we talk about a praying church. Who do you pray unto and give thanks? When do you pray, if at all you do? Who do you pray for? What do you pray for when you do pray? And so let's learn from Paul. Um, we find that Paul starts by telling us that we always give thanks to who? Usually, when, when, when we're in here in church or when we're in service, um, the temptation is to run to that brother who is serving or to that pastor who has just preached and do a well done or um, good job. Um, thank you for, your, for, for, for what you've done and it's perfectly okay. But to whom do you eventually give thanks for that service? We always give thanks to God, Paul says, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Another, pack, another closely packed uh, uh, sentence there. It is unto God. It is unto God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, here he does not only show to who, but uh, the relationship between the one they are praying to. For those who worship idols, there is no that relationship. In this city of Colossae, they had people worshiping other deities who could not talk to them. In fact, they had to take them to, to pick them up and place them in the morning where they're supposed to be. But the worship of the one true God who Paul is, is praying to is unto God our, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So God the Father. There's that relationship. It's a covenant relationship. It's like he's telling them, should you not have a relationship with this God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, your prayers are meaningless. Your prayers are meaningless. Because you have to be in a relationship with him. And what does that relationship of God being the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ bring? It, it, it causes us to have an obligation. It's not only a one-sided relationship. It calls us for an obligation to obey, to obey him. So verse, verse 2 and 3, we are, we are being told about this relationship. We always give thanks to God 
the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ when we pray for you. So to whom do we pray? We pray to God, our Father. But friends, we need a relationship with him. We need a relationship with him. Is he your father? And the second question is because he, he puts these two together. He is the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So is Jesus Christ your Lord? If you are in, in, in the church of Colossians and Paul was writing to you and you're seated listening to whoever it is that read the letter to you, would you be feeling or would you be a recipient of that prayer? It is to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And you know, it's, as I said, it's not, it doesn't have special accolades because what does he say? Why is he, why, why is he giving thanks to God? It's because... They have heard of their faith in Christ, their love, and their hope in Christ. Wouldn't it sound, and I use that word loosely, okay for him to say, thank you for your faith, thank you for your love, thank you for your hope, oh church of Colossae. Wouldn't it be okay, wouldn't it sound no, Paul does not feel that way about this. He thanks God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for those things. And the prayer, the prayer to God, first and foremost, does not focus on material things. And where do we find the same flow? The other flow we find is in the Lord's prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name. First of all, acknowledging God, acknowledging his, his supremacy and sovereignty over all things. And then whatever else that comes under that should align, should align and must align with God being sovereign. God being, uh, 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 God being the father, God being the ruler, God being the Lord over the, over the, the whole universe. It is worship oriented. Simply put. So, when do you pray, therefore? When do you pray? It was very easy for Paul. Think about Paul's predicament right now. Paul is in prison. Number one, I said he has never met these people. So do you, do you pray only when it's convenient? Do you pray for those whom you're conversant? Do you wait until, I'll, I'll wait until that day, I will get a list of brothers in Pokot, and then I will start presenting them before God or praying for them. Do you wait until you're conversant with those that you're praying for? Do you pray consistently? This is what Paul is saying. We always, I said last time when, when I had an opportunity to teach that 
it, it, it's so special when you, when, when you appreciate the flow of words. God, God does not mince words. God does not misuse words. Um, when he says always, it's always. It's all the time. It's not sometimes. It's not once in a while. Paul consistently prays for this church even when it is inconvenient for him. Any one of you been in prison? I know all of you have certificates of good conduct. Don't lift up your hands. But in prison, I have not been in prison, and I don't want to be in prison, but I don't, I, 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 I would, the, what I hear about prisons, and I don't know about the prisons that uh, uh, Paul was in, but the Kenyan prisons, the last thing you would want to tell me someone is doing right now, locked in those doors without a belt, at least without shoes, is writing a letter to a church somewhere. That is if they are believers and they are in there for, their, for, for, for reasons not, 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 not of their doing. Okay, so when do you pray? Um, do you wait to have talked to someone in church? Um, do you wait for those who uh, you see actively serving so that at least you thank God for them or you pray for them? Um, do you wait for those who call you oftenly? Paul always prays for these people without ceasing. He has never met them. It's not convenient for them, for him, and he does not know them by name. Do you pray for epaphrasis? And I use this in italics. Do you pray for God to give those who, are, who, who have ministry, who, who are involved in, in, in various ministries in, in church to find it in their heart to speak the gospel with, with, all, 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 um, with all power and, and, and strength and, and fervence so that at least someone in that campus, some, someone in that college will leave that college and go back to their village or go back to their towns and probably plant a church like Epaphras did. Do you do it oftenly, praying for this ministry? Okay, I've talked too much about Colossae. Let's, let's bring it home. Last week, the prayer diary came in. Is it last week? I think it's last week. It's full of various ministries of our church. Do you pray for the TBC brethren? Do you pray for TBC church plants always? Even those you have not met. Even those that you've not gotten a chance to visit. Do you thank God when you hear that they got a new pastor? Do you pray for that pastor? How many of us are praying consistently for Tony Karwa? At Grace Baptist Kisumu. How many have called him to ask him what are the things we can bring to God in prayer? And I'm highly rebuked as I preach this message.
our college and campus ministries. Most of us who've gone through college, we know it's like a petrol station. You're not there for long. But some of us, Christ found them in campus. You got the reformed gospel in campus. Because some Epaphras came and planted a seed and another watered and there was fruit. Do you pray for TBC pastors, including those in church plans and affiliations of TBC? Do you pray for brethren in, in preaching ministries? Do you pray for passion for mission? Do you pray for God to, 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 to raise more men in this church so that at least when the opportunities come for preaching in, in various places, at least there's someone to go? Friends, we have a role. And God, over the recent past, has opened doors of ministry all over the place. All over the place. It's amazing. Uh, today, if you go to some campuses, most campuses in, in, in this city, you will not, you not lack someone who can talk about the Reformed faith. It was not so some years ago. Pray for this ministries, always, without ceasing. What do you pray for? Do you pray for what is temporary? Do you always pray for the things that are physical and they are good? You, you, you should pray for, 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 for brethren who, 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 who are lacking in one thing or another, who are lacking school fees. You you should pray for those things. But Paul, I, I don't see the, the physical needs brought to the fore in this church of Colossae. And they are there, I believe, and they are there in every single church. But what does Paul bring into the fore? It doesn't bring the temporal, the trendy, and those things that would make people triumph. Oh Lord, help brother Robert to win that award. That's not, that's not what that's not what Paul um, starts with. He starts with spiritual health of the brethren. He prays for the faith. He thanks God. He thanks God for the faith, the love, and the hope of the brethren in Colossae. He also thanks God and prays for the word of truth, and that is the gospel. And he prays that the gospel will bear fruit. Now, are those the, some of the things that are heavy in your heart when you're praying for all those ministries? Oh Lord, increase the faith of those brothers. Oh Lord, make those brothers to be loving. Make that church in Jaquat to be loving. Those, 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 those brethren in Jaquat to be loving. Uh, increase their faith, oh Lord. And may they have hope, unwavering hope, in the promises of God. Are those some of the things that we struggle? Remember what 
and, and, and the person who is going to handle chapter 4 will, will take us through that. Epaphras struggles to pray for these things. He's struggling to pray for this, probably because he has seen those things failing in the church. But nevertheless, he struggles to pray for these things. We are not told what other things he pray, they pray for, but these are coming to the forefront because all worship and ministry should, should be aimed at strengthening this triad of faith, love, and hope. For those who are born again, to keep trusting the Lord. For those who are not born again, to believe in Christ. And for brethren to love each other. Now, he says faith in Christ. I said in that, in that, in that local, locality there, was, there, was, there were other deities. And so he didn't want to, miss it, to mince his words because later he's going to deal with, uh, with false religion. He's going to deal with uh, um, uh, people who are coming to feed the church with, with, with the wrong doctrine. So he says, we heard about your faith. In Christ Jesus, not in any other deity, not in, not in any other God with a small g. Because friends, it's only by faith in Christ that we are justified. And that then we have peace with God, Romans 5, 1 to 5. And then Galatians 5, 5 to 6 would tell us that, uh, you know, it's not about circumcision or, or uncircumcision. It is what? Faith working itself through, through love. This triad always goes together. Uh, Paul will, will uh, talk about uh, these three going together throughout his, um, throughout um, the, the, the letters that he's writing to these churches. Because faith and love are based or find their foundation in the hope that we have in a God that will keep his promise. Whatever he promised, whatever he promises, he will keep, especially the hope for eternal life for those who believe. Isn't it satisfying? that our hope is not on any earthly ruler. The, our hope is not with the, uh, with the, uh, the custodian of our, of our hope. It's not an earthly, an earthly person somewhere, seated somewhere who can do with it whatever they want. It is safe with Christ in heaven. So where is your hope built? And I'm saying this so that even when you pray for other churches, for, for those people have said uh, we, we, we need to be a praying church and we need to pray for them, that our hope will not waver, that it will be built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness, that we'll not trust anything else, but on him we will wholly lean. 
as it is in that first verse of that, of that hymn. So, love. Love. He's not talking about an empathetic feeling, something that you feel, oh, I love my brethren in church. No. He is talking about what I've just said that, 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 that is in uh, Galatians 5, 6. It's faith emotion. This is, this, is, this is how we know that you really believe and trust in God if you do what? If you love one another. Even God did not just say, I love you, my church. And you know, he could have said it and you could have believed him because he's God. But he did one more thing. For God so loved the world that he actually gave his only begotten son. It's understood by specific actions. Love for all saints is exclusive. It's, 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 it's unconditional and, and, and inclusive. You don't love because certain brothers do certain things or certain brethren are doing certain things. You love because Christ has Loved you. Paul did not need to have met or have known a few brothers in the church of Colossians to love them. To love them so much to fervently pray for them. He loved them because he has been loved. And he knows these are those for whom Christ died for as well. They are my brothers. It is not possible to claim faith in Christ and be lacking in love for all the saints. And you can read 1 John 4, 7 to 11. It's, it's, I think, the best reference if you want to talk about the love for the brethren. So thank God for the gospel. Thank God that in many places the gospel has penetrated. The true gospel has penetrated. And if you are not going to pray for these people, if you are not going to pray that God will raise more, guess what? We are surrounded by a battalion of false doctrine. And it will find its way somehow. So how will they hear if no one preaches to them? So if you're not the one going, be the one praying. Be the one praying. Be the one praying that God may raise Epaphrasis. That God may send his gospel, the word of truth. Only through the gospel will the world understand the truth about God's grace. It's not through any other gimmicks around. So, again, I will not cease to say, let's pray that the true gospel. Isn't it funny that I use the word true before gospel? As if there is another gospel, but you know what I mean. Any other thing that masquerades as the gospel is... It's false. And so, 
evangelism is important. And we should pray for it. We should pray that many will know God's sufficient grace and his loving interest for humanity. But remember, the gospel does not depend on man, but on God, who is pleased even to use man to proclaim the gospel. Isn't that reason enough for even more prayer in the church? That God chooses man for his own purposes? But we know how weak we are. We know how fallible we are. Yet God, the God of the universe, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, would choose that we are the instruments through which the gospel would go to those places. Again, the reason why we should thank God for the gospel and pray for those who are to take the gospel out there. Please go ahead. Then, finally, in verse 11, we should pray for the sanctification of the church. That God may help us to know him, God's children to know him. The more we know him, the, the more we love him, the more we love him, the more we obey him. It's what we find in Ephesians 2, uh, 8 to 10 that we are called for good works. God has done what he has done for good works, for his glory. Even Paul, in Philippians 3.10, he, he, he never claimed to know God enough. Paul, the one we are talking about here, what did he say? Oh, that I may know him. Oh, that I may know him. When we are under the sun, we will never know God enough. He's thanking God, finally, as I finish, that I read verse 11, and um, this is where I'll, I'll, I'll close it. Verse 11 says, May you be strengthened with all power, according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience, with joy. One of the commentaries was, uh, put it very well, that here God is strengthening them according to his glorious might. He is not taking a portion of his glorious might and sharing it out. God is all out to strengthen them according to his glorious might. How? How, how, how mighty is God? If you don't know, look for uh, some of the children I see here. They will, they will tell you the song of, my God is so big, so strong, and so mighty. God is, God is almighty. And when he says that he will strengthen us according to his glorious might, let us pray that he indeed strengthens us. 
according to his glorious might. So that what? So that they may endure and they may have long suffering. That's what he concludes by saying. So as we conclude, be alert to what God is doing in his church. Just be alert. When, 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 when the brothers go out for, 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 for ministry in other places, just seek to know what you can place before God in thanksgiving. Trust the, the, you will have something to thank God for in each and every place that God has set his church. You will not lack. To the least, thank God that the gospel is in that place. If you lack anything else to thank God for. And by the way, that is mega. If that was the only thing you find to thank God for, thank God that the gospel has reached to wherever that place is. Read the reports of the pastors. Read the reports of the brothers who go to colleges. Stick the uh, prayer diary on the, on, the, on the fridge. And I told you I'm highly rebuked by this sermon because I don't update myself enough. Yet, Paul, for a church he has never met, in prison, goes all the way out and gets Gets to, gets to get an update, a real solid update from Epaphras who tells him this is what is happening in that church. Of course, that church is not perfect. But for counselors in, in this room, even for that person you're counseling who has erred, look for something to thank God for that they, they, that they have done and then go ahead and direct them to the right way. There is something to thank God for each and every brethren. Never miss an opportunity to seek for more fruit of the gospel and sanctification of the saints. And finally, pray for Epaphrasis. Pray that God may raise many who would plant churches for the true gospel. Let us pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, we Thank you for teaching us, for rebuking us, and for reminding us of our primary role in praying for the gospel to be preached in many, many places that you've given opportunity, especially to this church. We pray and thank you so much for these opportunities. Yet we say that, Lord, the harvest is plenty, yet the laborers are few. Oh Lord, please, the Lord of the harvest, please raise amongst us those who would go. We pray that as you raised those who supported Moses um, when, uh, during the war, that Lord, we would not slacken. We would not slacken even when we hear our church that is stable, that is going on well, like Paul, we would ceaselessly pray for these churches. Even for ourselves, when it, it is all calm and quiet, oh Lord, we pray that we not slacken, that we would ceaselessly pray for each other, for the, the, the teachers of the word, for um, the new 
believers and also for those who have not come to the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Raise amongst us, O Lord, a church that prays. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Uh, please rise and we will sing hymn number 551. What various hindrances we meet.